the story of what you've done for us. And now open up our hearts and minds that we might understand more of your story. Amen. You may be seated. So today we are finishing up our blessed sermon series uh, because we can't spell blessed with only one S. <laughs> that, would just, that would just be terrible the last S is sharing your story, and this is probably uh, the hardest one for most of us. Uh, we've been talking about B is begin with prayer. These are five missional practices uh, in our lives, and so we be, begin with prayer. We listen well. We listen to people's stories. We eat together. We extend our table out to our neighbors and friends. Uh, last week, we talked about S, serving in love, how we can be a domino in people's lives by our good lives and our good deeds. And uh, today, we're finishing up with sharing your story. And I think this may be the most crucial one of them all. You know, if every Christian just said, I'm simply going to pray and listen and eat and serve only, Christianity would not survive. Because God has so ordained it that the message of Jesus is spread by his people. It's the gospel, the good news. It's meant to be shared. It's meant to be told. Romans 10, faith comes by hearing. And how can they hear unless they are told? We are meant to share this wondrous story. And often I think we're held back because we think that we have to have the right words to say. Or maybe we, need, we think we need to know the correct Bible verses or a theology. Or, or maybe you think you need a system for sharing the gospel. While all those things, they may be helpful, I am submitting to you today, they are not necessary. All that is needed is to share your story. All that is needed is our testimonies. And so, yes, I say plural testimonies. Now, when I think when we think of the word testimony, we think of that traditional uh, I found Jesus, I was once this way, and now I'm totally different. But the reality is, for many of us, you may not be able to remember a time when you weren't a Christian. You've grown up in the church, and for as long as you've known, you've known Jesus, and you don't have that traditional, I, was, I once was lost and now I'm found type of story. You've always known Jesus. But the good news is, you don't have to have a Hollywood storyline to share your story, to share stories of where you've seen God at work in your life. Kevin Hardy, who's an evangelist and outreach proponent, he says, we don't just have a testimony, we have testimonies. We have many stories where we've seen God at work in our lives. And so sharing these stories, sharing these testimonies, these are absolutely crucial to God's mission in the world. I believe if you're a Christian this morning, you're here because someone has shared with you their story. Someone has communicated to you why Jesus is important, who Jesus is, what they mean to them, and why he is worthwhile giving your life to. We all are here because of that. And every generation must raise up new storytellers. More people who will tell the story of God's grace in their lives. So everything that we've done and blessed so far culminates and reaches this moment today. And the question is, how can we become storytellers ourselves? And now we always go to the Bible, don't we? We are people of the word. So open up your Bibles. Turn your Bibles to John 4. Because I believe there is a woman in this story who will help us share our stories with others. 
And if, I believe most of you have heard this story, but if you, if you haven't or you need a refresher, here's what's going on. Jesus is traveling back from Judea to go to Galilee, but he has to pass through an area called Samaria. And at this time, there is great hostility between Samaritans and Jews. There is extreme racial tension. And so Jesus has an encounter with a Samaritan woman at a well and asks her for a drink. And the woman tells Jesus that she has no husband. But then Jesus tells her, yeah, I know you don't because I know you've had five husbands previously and the person you're with now is currently not your husband. And this woman is astounded. How could somebody I just met know all of this about me? And then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. I am the king who was to come. So this woman was shocked. And we're going to pick up the story, verse 28 of John 4. See what she does. It says, Leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Picking up in verse 39, jump down. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. How amazing is that? He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Thanks be to God. What a great story. This is an amazing story. This, this woman, she simply shares her story of what Jesus did for her with the town. And it says at that moment, many Samaritans believed right then. They, they believed in Jesus simply because this woman shared a story of what Jesus did for her. I mean, look at what God can do when one person shares a simple story. People can come to faith. More than that, there were other people who didn't believe right away, but she became one of those dominoes in their lives where they, they, were, they became curious. They wanted to see more of Jesus and stay with Jesus and hear more from Jesus. And because of that, many more people came to believe in Jesus because of this woman. This woman's story became a bridge on which people walked over to Jesus. This is our main theme for this morning. Sharing your story builds a bridge to Jesus. <laughs> Sharing your story or stories builds a bridge to Jesus. This is our goal. Because our stories are not about us. It's not a time for us to share about who we are. It's time to talk about how good Jesus is. And so these stories that are often become the means by which our friends, families, neighbors, coworkers begin to cross over to Jesus Christ. So the question I want to ask this morning is how do we share stories that are bridge builders? How do we share stories that build that bridge so people cross over to faith in Jesus Christ? And I think this woman in the text, she gives us so many practical things. So I'm assuming that you want to share your story already. I'm assuming you want to share the story. So I'm talking, this is a how-to. How do we share our stories that build a bridge? And the first is this. Number one, we share stories that showcase a glimpse of God. We share stories that showcase a glimpse of God. This woman, she had an experience of Jesus' mighty power. He told her things about herself that she had never told him. It was a glit. It was, and the reality is, as amazing as that is, it's only a glimpse of all that Jesus could do. She did not see Jesus feed the 5,000. 
She did not see Jesus walk on water. She did not see Jesus heal anybody. She did not see Jesus being raised from the dead. She only saw Jesus tell, tell her things that she had never told. It was just a small glimpse of the greatness of Jesus. And I believe many of us have had experience like this, where you've caught a glimpse of Jesus' power in your life. And I was praying about a story that I could share that would go along with this. And I, I, I couldn't think of one that really was great. But I was praying and the Holy Spirit brought to mind a story I had in my own life that was very eerily similar to what this Samaritan woman had happened to her. My freshman year of college, I went to a, a Christian conference. And at this time, I was, there were two things that were terribly distressing to me. The first was I, I had made a lot of mistakes leading up to my first year of college. I was studying youth ministry. And I was wondering all year, God, could you still even use me? Do you still want to use me? Am I still good enough? I was filled with such guilt and shame. And the second thing that was distressing me was I met some friends who believed in the Holy Spirit and talked about how God could still respond to us today. Healings and words and all, all kinds of things. And this conference was, uh, was a charismatic conference where people believed that God could still do these types of things. And I have to tell you, I was very skeptical. And uh, they said that there was some trained people who you could meet with, and they would, they would pray for you. They would pray, they would listen to God, and they would try to hear what the Holy Spirit might want to say to you. They called that a prophetic word. And I was very skeptical. But I said, okay, what, what harm could it be? I'll go pray with a couple people, and then that'll be fine. I thought I could use prayer. So I go meet with these, these people, and they, they begin with prayer, and they're listening, and they're quiet. And the first thing this man says, he says, Maybe I believe the Lord wants you to know that you are a man of God. That you need to stop doubting your identity in Christ. That you are forgiven. Your guilt is gone. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And God still wants to use you. You're a man of God. Stop doubting. And then he says, there's a second thing I want to tell you. That, uh, you know, I said you're a believer. You're a man of God. Don't stop, don't stop doubting that. But you're not believing God for the bigger thing. You know, you've got, like, God can still heal somebody. There's miracles. You're, you're like the doubting Thomas. You want to see it. You want to grasp it before you believe. And God's going to show you very soon that he is still capable of doing such things. This guy nailed it. He nailed it. Was, he had, I don't get rid of my journal. No, he didn't read my journal. Could that not only happen by the power of Jesus Christ, the same Jesus who revealed to this woman everything that she had done without her telling him prior? It can only happen by the power of Jesus Christ. And I believe many of you, you have had experiences that cannot be explained by science, by reason, by any other thing besides a power beyond this world. They are mystical experiences of God's divine power. You've had answers to prayer. You've seen, you've seen healings or miracles. Maybe you've seen transformation when you thought it wasn't possible. You've had dreams or visions or words or things happen that you cannot explain apart from God. And some of you, you've simply had God speaking to you at the right moment. You read something in your Bible. You read something in your devotional. And it was the exact thing that you needed at that time. Or maybe you, had, you were short on funds and you had a check come into the mail at just the moment that you needed. I've heard countless stories like this, and I'm sure you have too. These stories, they are meant to be told. They are meant to be shared. They are meant to be shared with others that they might become a bridge for people to come to Jesus. 
Our mission is to help people catch that glimpse, that glimpse of God's power in our lives. So we share stories that showcase a glimpse of God's power. The second thing that we can do is we share our stories courageously. We share our stories courageously. You know, this woman, she was sharing her story in a culture where women's testimonies were not as highly regarded as the men's. She had to overcome great prejudice just to share her story. She had to overcome the fear of what others might think of her. She had to overcome how it might affect her in the community. This woman was so courageous, but she was able to overcome her fears because she just had to share it. She just had to share her story. What about you? Have you ever thought that people might not really believe or accept your testimony? That perhaps people won't accept it, that maybe they might think of you as a little crazy, a little cuckoo, who knows? I mean, you know, they might not accept it. But this woman gives us courage. Furthermore, this woman, she was sharing her story to a group of Samaritans. And as I said, people who were very hostile to the Jews. And so she is about to ask the Samaritans to consider a Jewish Messiah, a Jewish king and savior. This would be like asking a Republican to vote for a Democrat or a Democrat to vote for a Republican. I mean, the people reading this story would be like, that's not going to work. <laughs> that's, that's just not going to work. There's no way this woman's going to make any impact on this community. But even with the odds stacked against her, this woman prevails by the power of God. Have you ever thought that maybe a person in your life or maybe a group of people would never accept Jesus, would not accept your story. Perhaps someone who's so hostile to God and Christianity that they would never come to accept it. Could you believe this morning that that family member who has walked away from the faith or who has never accepted the faith could one day actually be brought back? Could you believe this morning that atheists, that agnostics, that people of various other beliefs and religions could, yes, be drawn to Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit? Could we see rich folk who Jesus said is hard for them to enter the kingdom? Could they finally see the emptiness of consumerism and materialism and enter the kingdom? You know what Jesus says to that question? With God, all things, all things are possible. With man, it might be impossible. But with the Holy Spirit, all things, all people are possible. So against all odds, this woman said to her town, Come see this man who told me everything I ever did. And they all accepted Jesus as their Savior. So we share our stories courageously, maybe in the face of opposition. Number three, we share our stories simply. This woman, this woman did nothing elaborate. I mean, the text says, she says, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Now, maybe she said a little bit more than that when she actually shared the story and the gospel writers just summarizing but nevertheless, she did not share a complex theological argument. She did not have to go into all the details. She simply reported what she had experienced. So I want to encourage you this morning. Would you stop thinking that your story isn't good enough? Would you stop worrying about whether or not you have enough Bible knowledge or theology? Would you simply consider sharing stories of God's power and grace in your life? Because I believe we all have those. We all have those. You don't need a Hollywood movie storyline. You simply testify 
to what God has done in you, and you share that with others. And I believe that that approach leads us to humility. This is number four. We share our stories humbly. Notice how humble this woman was. She says to the Samaritans, could this be the Messiah? Question mark. She tells her story. She tells her story, and don't get me wrong, she doesn't hold back the truth. She doesn't water down the story. She is sharing Jesus with people. She is sharing what Jesus has done for her. But then she invites the Samaritans to draw their own conclusion. She shares her story and she says, could this be? Could this be the Messiah? Perhaps, you know, she was still wondering herself and trying to figure it out. But regardless of where she was on her journey, I believe her humility is a model for us today. Here's my story. Here's where I've seen God in my life. Here's what difference Jesus makes to me. And you ask this person, can you possibly see God in this? Could Jesus really be who he says he is? Would you consider just exploring that? Would you, would you journey with me to consider Jesus Christ? And what I like about that and what's, what's important about that is it doesn't force a decision. We should never enforce or never coerce anybody into the kingdom. Jesus says we should count the cost first, right? And, but I'm not, honestly, I'm not worried any of you would actually really do that. I'm not worried about that. What I would be more worried about is that you would, wouldn't actually share your story. That you wouldn't actually come to the place where you share Jesus with another person. I think most, a lot of Christians in our culture struggle with that. And we got to overcome that with, with, with humility and boldness. My encouragement is you don't have to know everything. You don't have to have it all figured out for yourself. You don't have to have everything answered. You can simply share what you know. You can simply share your experience, your stories. And you can share it humbly and winsomely. Finally, number five, we share our stories to awaken interest in Jesus. We share our stories to awaken interest in Jesus, to wake people up, to have them consider the reality of Jesus Christ. Verse 30 in our text says, after this woman shared our story, it says, they came out of their town and made their way toward him. So this story drew people to be interested in Jesus. And it says, as I said before, some believed right away. But others wanted some more time. They wanted to check Jesus out. They wanted to see what is, what, what is going on here. And when they did, when they finally had time with Jesus, they believed because they heard Jesus for themselves. It says, they said to the woman, verse 42, we no longer believe just because of what you said. We have now heard for ourselves. And we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. This is, isn't this what we hope testimonies do? They, they provoke, they awaken interest in Jesus so that they can explore Jesus for themselves. They can come to the point, yes, now I see it. I finally see that Jesus is the Savior of the world. That's what we hope our stories do. And this is, the, this is kind of the tricky part, that, that building the bridge. How do we build that bridge so they can experience Jesus for themselves? And I believe this is the crucial step. I mean, this is, true, this is true of anything in life, right? I remember people telling me, like, have you heard of Yellowstone National Park? It's amazing. It's this land of wonder. You should go sometime. I'm like, yeah, and I believe them. I believe Yellowstone would be worthwhile to check out. But when I finally went there in 2013, my, oh my, did things change. Wow. 
out of the lakes, the streams, the sun glistening over the water. It was phenomenal. I had gone from second-hand knowledge to first-hand knowledge. And this is what we hope people do with Jesus Christ. We share our stories, and we help them, and we bring them along so that they might consider Jesus for themselves. This is the journey we must all make from second-hand knowledge of Jesus to first-hand, and it's the journey we want to help others make as well. Let me uh, quote Charles Spurgeon, pastor in the 1800s. He says this, Let me say, beloved, if we wish to win souls to Christ, there is nothing like telling others what the Lord has done for our souls. It is of small use to tell them what we have learned in books. We must declare what God has written on our hearts. It is not describing what was said by the preacher, but what has been felt in our souls. Publish then your personal testimony or testimonies. Each of you, for this is the most effectual weapon for overcoming human unbelief and bringing men to Christ. That's so good, isn't it? It's the most effective weapon. It's the greatest bridge builder that we could conceive of. So what does this look like in our own lives? How do we do this? Let me give you a few suggestions today. Number one, I want to suggest to you, prepare some stories. Prepare your testimonies. Uh, you know, I was reading uh, Bill Hybels. He does a lot of evangelistic training at Willow Creek. And in one of his classes, he says, I want every one of you to prepare your testimony in 100 words or less. I'd invite you to try that. I actually tried that this week. It's a very difficult. Uh, and you can choose any story. You, you know, I think Bill Hybels was thinking about that traditional testimony. But you can choose any story. But then when you have that written out, you're prepared to share something. When you're, when you're blessing people, when you're praying, when you're eating, you can be thinking of, a, I have an experience to share. And there will be an opportunity where you can share your story. And so if someone asks you, why do you follow Jesus anyway? What would you say? Would you be ready? Prepare your testimonies. Number two, invite people to consider Jesus through the Gospels. Invite people to consider Jesus through reading the Gospels. Now, this woman, she didn't stop with just sharing her own story. She brought people to hear Jesus for themselves. And I believe maybe the best way we can do that today is to get them to read and what Jesus said and did. And they say, hey, would you consider Jesus? Maybe we can read a gospel together. If you don't know where to start, start with Mark. It's, very, it's the shortest one. Would you consider reading the gospel of Mark with me? And finally, we need, I want to suggest to us that we need to keep telling each other our stories. Simply because we need to become more aware of our own stories, of how God is at work. And we need to become more aware of how God is working in our midst, in this family. Uh, Pete Showbloom, who was with us yesterday at Dream Again, he talked about having an agenda of threes and starting our meetings by sharing the stories of what God is doing in your life and in our church. And uh, I, love, I love reading old, old pastors and old, old theologians because it, it helps you to understand that this, this isn't just something new. Like other people have discovered this. And listen, listen to this quote from Matthew Henry, a pastor in the 1600s. He says this, God's people should communicate their experiences to each other. We should take all occasions to tell one another of the great and kind things which God has done for us, especially which, that which he has done for our souls, the spiritual blessings with which he has blessed us in heavenly things. He's saying the same thing. We should take every opportunity 
to share stories of God's grace in our lives with each other. And thereby, we can then share those stories and extend them out to the people we know. And part of that, you'll hear more information about this, uh, we're going to be offering a monthly time in our worship services. Once a month, you're going to have an opportunity to submit a story of God's grace and work in your life. And you'll get more info, info on that later. But I want you to see how all of this comes together. We've been preparing these people to cross over to Jesus Christ. We've been praying, listening, eating together. What happens on the table? Sharing the story. Listening. Serving. We finally build that trust where we can share with others the stories of how God has been at work in our lives. How he has blessed us. We have been blessed to be a blessing. May we go and live this out. Lord, thank you for the wisdom of this Samaritan woman, this woman who, who so shared your gospel. God, may we, by the power of your spirit, emulate her. May we be bold. Fill us with boldness to share the story. Let us overcome all fear. Let us overcome all of our inhibitions, all the things that keep us from sharing our stories. God, would you clear every obstacle, everything out of the way, so that we can become people who do share the story. Lord, this is the end of our blessed series. And God, I ask that it would not stop here. Let this not just be another sermon series that comes and passes us by. May we respond. May you help this be ingrained into the life of our church, our church's DNA, our church's culture. God, you know we need it. Help us, Lord. All because you've given us so much grace in our lives. We pray in your name. Amen.